Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S T-O-L-K-I-E-N and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. Action stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio production. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and with me again on the CIC is my XO Kitsy. That's me. I, I'm, the, I'm the, wait, I'm the XO. I almost said the CIC, but that's not right. That's not right. And of course, the president of the 12 colonies, Andrea. Bunch Hello. of amateurs. Hello. So once again, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, if you have not already, please uh, head on over and click that subscribe button so you can be notified when uh, we take a new adventure every week. Uh, if you are uh, joining us for the first time, thank you. If you are joining us for the, uh, what is this now, the seventh time? I'm, I'm not keeping track. Is it? Is it? Yeah, I <laughs> think it is. We're up there. Holy. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. Wow. wow. We are, we're on this journey. We're on this journey. Uh, so, all that said, previously on Battlestar Galactica, when we left you uh, last week, uh, our our favorite pilot, Starbuck, was plummeting towards a, uh, a planet's surface in peril after being uh, mutually shot down by a Cylon Raider. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, she wasn't shot down. She shot the Raider, and the Raider just kind of knocked into her. I think that counts, though. Okay. I mean, at the end of a dogfight, when you're both on the ground the hard way, I don't, like, it's all semantics at that point. I guess you're right. <laughs> as, the old, as the old saying goes, <laughs> I shot the raider in the... So we open this, uh, this episode, entitled You Can't Go Home Again, uh, with the search for Starbuck. We know that uh, her, her Viper was missing somewhere in the vicinity of this, uh, this dogfight with the Cylon Raiders. Uh, we know that she has roughly 46 hours worth of oxygen uh, available, uh, assuming that either nothing went terribly wrong and she lost oxygen, or uh, on the flip side, that she just managed to remember to bring some extra with her this time. <laughs> so we have a, a, a rough window of search, and they've narrowed it down to a uh, potentially a gas giant or a moon. Uh, and we all know that if she landed on a gas giant, she probably never landed. Because uh, that's how gas no, giants work. There's, there's no <laughs> land. <laughs> now, here's a question. I actually yes. have a few questions. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear them. Here we go. Uh, question number one is, uh, um, I, I believe it was in the end of the last episode where uh, Starbuck disappears from Dratus, and uh, I believe it's Diwala who says, uh, you know, Starbuck's transponder and comms cut out. But how do they know that's what happened and not the ship was destroyed? Because from Dratus, it looked just like the ship was destroyed. So... Um, hope hope and love yeah i think it's 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 that it's hope and it's also a confidence in starbuck being their best pilot and they also do have some first-hand account from hot dog who was himself taken out of a commission (laughs) i'm never not gonna laugh at hot dog i'm so sorry seriously referred to someone as hot dog and like you know (laughs) unironically um 
we have some firsthand account from him because he's his ship has been recovered and you know he's he's the he's earned his uh his viper pilot wings oh, from uh from lee which I is just just a great little moment where lee takes off his, his uh, viper wings uh, and pins them on hot dog hold on and says i think you've earned them this time hold on stop stop the podcast stop the podcast stop the podcast andrea yes i think your microphone is backwards oh <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. No, that's definitely backwards. Yep. Shit. I mean, it's picking up. Does it matter in the grand scheme? What if I do this? What if I put it over here? Now it's kind of not, right? Uh, can you make it just point at your mouth? Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. Is that... Oh, that's so much better. When did I... It does sound way better. When yeah. did I... When did that happen, though? I don't... I think it's been like that the whole time. It certainly hasn't, because I... Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're back in. All right. I think we're good now. Okay, cool. I don't think you talked that much, so we can probably just keep going, and it'll just be a few minutes of weird, yeah. and that's fine. I think. Well, I'm okay if you with guys that. need me to re-record all my gems, I think it was mostly just me crying at a uh, hot, hot dog. dog getting his wings. Yeah, <laughs> hot dog getting his hot dog. Wings. A hot dog with wings. Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? When though? pigs hot fly, dog. am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I got my mic working for a. Uh, yeah. Now it's uh, see. This is the quality content I come here for. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have uh, we, we, we have can, the firsthand account from we, we can resume the podcast now. Oh, thank you. You're thank welcome. you for oh, you're your not permission. Keep in the good flying hot dog joke that I made. I'll, I'll cut it in there somehow. Okay. Oh, perfect. No, good. they they just wanted the opportunity to cut me off to tell me that we could resume as I was resuming. Mm -hmm. I know how this works. Caleb knows me too well. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the firsthand account from Hot Dog, who's uh, Caleb. Who's you can continue. Been oh my, oh my God, God, stop. Okay, I'm done. I swear. I swear I'm done. I'm going to do this one more time, and if you do that again, I'm just ending the call and walking away. I'm all the way back here. You're good. I promise. <laughs> so we have the uh, the firsthand account from Hot Dog, whose viper has been retrieved, and you know he's at least able to tell them that what he saw. So as far as he knew, uh, Starbuck was able to you know shoot down the last raider. Uh, I don't think we like we never actually hear his his account, so we don't know for sure how much he knows if he saw her uh, like a crash or if he saw the, the, the Raider uh, like slice through her hull. Um, but I think it's from him that they get the idea that she uh, was uh, basically spiraling towards one of these two celestial bodies. So my second question, because if you remember, I did have two. My second question. Was it only two? <laughs> Promise. We'll see. I'm sure I'll come up with more. Doesn't 46 hours of oxygen seem like a lot of oxygen for considering you'd never spend that much time in a Viper? So do you really want to like go out into deep space with less Just oxygen enough. rather than more? I mean, I would personally rather go out on a, a like a two hour patrol mission with two days worth of oxygen just in case. My guess is also that you leave with whatever canister full, right? You wouldn't take it out just because you don't need as much, right? I, I mean, I, yeah. When yeah. I mean, you think about it, they do longer range missions, usually in the the um, the Raptors, but like the pilots do go out on longer range missions or like longer patrols and whatnot. So it makes sense to have a higher capacity oxygen tank. And kind of to Andrew's point, it doesn't necessarily make sense to have different capacities and to accidentally take the wrong one with you. Oh, I would do that every time if I had <laughs> options. Every time. Well, you know, actually, now that you mention it, I guess it's good that, that she does have so much oxygen. Because, like, in, in the event of an emergency, like, if you were to crash on a planet or something that <laughs> um, didn't have oxygen, you'd probably want to have at least 46 hours of oxygen. So yeah. Imagine that. I, I imagine the, the canister is probably roughly 48 hours, but assume two hours spent in the, like, the training missions and then the actual fight and the crash and whatnot. Okay. So by the time we pick up this search, they're projecting that she has roughly somewhere around the neighborhood of 46 hours remaining. Okay. That, okay. I'm, I'm satisfied with that. We can continue the podcast. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're a menace. Um, yes, I am. <laughs> I don't know why y'all let me do this. <laughs> so there's a lot that happens on this podcast, uh, on this podcast. There's a lot that happens on this podcast, sure. but uh, more specifically, there's a lot that happens in this episode. Uh, and we do a lot of jumping back and forth between three, uh, three main 
uh, locations and storylines. Uh, and so, of course, we do find that Starbuck did survive the crash landing God. Uh, on the planet. Uh, she did end up on the moon, uh, which does not have an oxygen atmosphere. And so if that uh, 46 hours runs out and she doesn't find uh, a way off the, the moon or another source of oxygen, uh, she might be fucked. Uh, we do, of course, have the the fleet who's wrestling with the idea of, like, you know, how do the they weigh uh, the need to... Uh, retrieve this pilot, you know, not leave someone behind again, because, mm-hmm. you know, we know that they've left people behind before, uh, but to not do it again with the safety of the fleet. And then, of course, we do get a, a chance to look back in on uh, Sharon and Hilo, uh, our our budding romance over on Caprica. <laughs> and so which of these adventures should we, uh, should we dive into first? Well, the one that I'm that I most want to talk about is, of course, Starbucks on the moon. So we should save um, that for last then, yeah? Yeah, that's well, that's what I was going to say. And the one that I'm, I'm still least interested in, and it's probably because they've spent the least amount of time with them, is um, <clears throat> Hilo and uh, Boomer's story. So we could start there if y'all want. Yeah, and I actually think that this has uh, it's it's a probably the the most minor part of the episode, uh, but has some like like interesting little little tidbits. Uh, so we have them them still like hiding out in this shelter, trying to decide what their next move is. Um, you know, they're kind of weighing between the comfort of just staying there. They have food, they have supplies, they have the, the radiation medicine, like they can make it work for a while. But they also have this goal of trying to find transport off of off of Caprica and maybe like meet back up with the fleet. And so they're they're torn between those two. And it's morning and Hilo's gonna go uh, make some breakfast. Uh, and there's a little just a perfect little shot that I think I've missed every time I've watched this so far. Uh, but it just stood out so blatantly to me this time around. The Cylons are frequently uh, referred to with the slur toaster. They, they are referred to as basically just toasters. And that always made no sense to me. Like, what, like that's, that's the mechanical... Right, of like, all. That's the, that's the machine that you came up with to compare these like, sentient humanoid uh, robots to. Uh, but then they show a close-up shot multiple times of the toaster that he is using <laughs> to make breakfast. And the toaster looks like a Cylon. <laughs> They got tired of reading your uh, letters, Caleb. Wait, wait. It's like they wrote it in just for this. There's Uh a joke in there. The the toasters look like Cylons now. (laughs) (laughs) The toast looks like us now. How does it work? (laughs) The Cylons look like toast now. All the times that they've used that, like, because there's been just the just using it as a slur, just like oh these fracking toasters, uh, but then like there have been lines where like someone has explicitly said like they're no different than a toaster, and it's like what why like yeah. how is toast like a really important thing in <laughs> in colonial society like it's like it's critical you. like toast is crucial in this society. Space toast is really hard to make. Do, do you? <laughs> it's very complicated. That's why they had to when, develop an AI for it. <laughs> Do you think when the brave little toaster went to space, is he the first Cylon like a, prototype? A, a like, proto-Cylon? We'll, Maybe. we'll yeah. actually we'll cover that in season three. <laughs> it's the crossover episode you've all been Spoilers. waiting for. <laughs> Spoilers of the uh, the brave little toaster Cylon mm-hmm. crossover. The fanfic but I didn't then, know I needed. but i did know and i've already written it so amazing you're welcome we'll post it on the patreon Mm -hmm. oh no that's for only fans oh the only fans i'm sorry (laughs) oh it's it's that kind of fanfic (laughs) is there any other is there any other that's a good point that's a very good point oh my god it's it's battlestar galactica brave little toaster slash fic yep yeah wow you got it (laughs) so is it the brave brave little galactica uh, Battlestar Toaster. That, that's nothing. I'm sorry. Toastastica. Brave Little Cylon. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Brave Little Cylon feels like it would be like a a children's movie in this universe. Yes. Okay. I, uh, Andrea, I know you've seen um, the the Letter Kenny as little kids cartoon. Yes. I'm thinking need- like I'm, I'm thinking like little kid cartoon Cylons. Brave Little Cylon. Oh, that's very cute. <laughs> 
I'm really heartbroken that I can't. All I want to do is look at like fan art. I want, because I'm sure there's like a little golden book. Like if you Google right now, Battlestar Galactica little golden book, somebody has made that, but I can't because I might get spoiled. <laughs> Caleb, I see you. <laughs> I'll be so happy. Um, In I've just four seasons to go. and, and <laughs> uh, I can't believe this. You signed up for this. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's definitely been done. Yes. See? Uh, actually, there's one called The Little Frackin' Toasters. Oh! <laughs> I want to see, uh, but I'm afraid to look. I think, this, so I, I found a, an image from, from Pinterest, and it's just a uh, centurion and a six. So I think we can possibly, I'll, I'll look at it and see if we can share this without uh, any spoilers. Nice. Oh, okay. Nice. I would love that. If we, if we can, I definitely will. It'll be in the show notes. Yay. Um, so, yeah, uh, while making toast from the Cylon <laughs> toaster, uh, Hilo is uh, surprised to uh, inadvertently encounter uh, a couple of Cylon centurions who uh, he's, uh, I think, he thinks he's uh, going to be able to, to hide from behind the 90s glass block wall. Um but then uh, Sharon comes up from the the shelter and you're like, "Hey, is, is breakfast ready yet?" Mm-hmm. And just at that moment, the toast pops, and the silence are like, "What?" <laughs> okay, I'm the only person in the world that's gonna find this joke funny, but I have to tell it. <laughs> the the kitsy story. Go ahead. Don't worry, I'll cut it out. But <laughs> okay, so they're in a kitchen, right? And there's a toaster, right? Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. know how you have like a walk-in refrigerator? Well, Cylons are walk-in toasters. Uh, it's not not the same (laughs) i'll see myself out i just kind of wonder if the toaster went off and the the cylon was like jeff (laughs) (laughs) there you go you've redeemed yourself you can stay Derek, is that and you? I'm uh, I'm always amazed when their like handguns manage to take down these massive like armored yeah. centurions because Hilo does take out. Uh, does he take out both or just one? Oh, who can I remember? I think he takes out one of them, uh, and then the other one comes in and shoots up the place, and Hilo's kind of buried under some debris. And when next he wakes, it uh, looks like it may be time has passed. It looks like it might be nighttime now. And Sharon is missing. And presumably uh, breakfast is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part. I'm thinking of the good jokes I made that I made notes of because you didn't laugh hard enough, Kitsy. And now I can't think of anything else but them. And I'm heartbroken that I lost my notes, so I can't recount them. I'm kind of curious to hear the story of how you lost your notes. Well, usually I have my notebook. Um, mm-hmm. But... I don't think Kitsy and I had planned. I went over to look at the damage in the basement, which if you're following night shift radio, media, <laughs> etc., listeners, you'll know all about it. Mm-hmm. And we ended up watching Battlestar. So I didn't have my notebook with me. So I just had notes uh. on a piece of paper, which I folded up into a square and I thought put in my bag. Then I put them in my shoe and forgot about them until now. And I, I looked around my, my living room to see if it was still here. But unfortunately, everything from my basement is now in my living room. So it's kind of hard to find stuff. That's a good point, too. So, but I had a good uh, yeah. Coneheads reference and a good Jurassic Park reference in that scene. Neither of wow. which Kitsy laughed enough at. So I was worried that you actually lost your notebook. And oh, like, no. Oh, no, 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 no. That would never happen. No. Be That'd be a tragedy. We'd have to start the podcast Exa- over. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Scrap. Start over. Start over. <laughs> That's basically where we where we leave uh, Hilo and Sharon. Uh, Hilo is foolishly running around the streets of Caprica, uh, Caprica City, screaming her, uh, Sharon's name. Um, it's a good way to stay stealth. Oh yeah. He, he he doesn't seem to get the the level of danger that they're in really at any time because that's not the first time he's just walked around yelling uh, and. <laughs> Like, you know, the first time he had Sharon to, like, verbally slap him upside the head saying, what the fuck are you doing? This time he's on his own. So, starting to think, like, Hilo might not be that smart. Mm. Well, I mean, it's not like he has extensive military training and stealth operations or anything <laughs> like that, so. <laughs> I have a question now about um, Caprica, Sharon, and it is, they seem, I guess I don't really know what she's planning, but they seem to be actively trying to actually get back with the fleet, right? 
It does seem to be what's happening. And of course, she could be playing some, you know, she could have some plan, whatever. But assuming that she knows she's a Cylon, which I'm realizing as I'm saying this, I can't assume. Um, But theoretically, we are on course for there to be two boomers in the same place, right? That would be a mind fuck. Yeah. (laughs) But if... Yeah, if they do get rescued. There'll be no okay. hiding the fact that she's a Cylon then. Uh-huh. They're twins. Surprise! Sharon and Baron. <laughs> Sharon and Baron. That's how you name twins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, back in the colonial fleets, uh, tensions are running kind of high. Uh, so we have this, what feels like maybe a developing trend where... Uh, Commander Adama loses people right after really hard conversations. <laughs> I mean, we saw it where, like, he thought that uh, Lee was blown up uh, with the, the the whole fleet uh, at the you know midway point of the uh, the miniseries. Luckily, he wasn't, but you know he he thinks that he lost uh, his son right after that moment. Uh, and then, of course, we he just had this really difficult conversation with Starbuck and finding out that she was very much responsible for for Zach uh, Zach's death. And now he thinks that she's lost and like, he just like, he can't catch a break here. And so like, you know, he's insistent, like we have to find Starbuck. And of course he like, he sells it as, you know, she's our, our best pilot and we're not leaving anyone behind, but like everyone knows that it's, it's personal. It's 100% personal. Uh, and of course Lee is right there with him. Like he's like, he, as the, the CAG, he's like pushing, uh, both the the pilots and the the deck crew uh, as hard as they can go to you know get the uh, to get back into the search to get ships repaired to get fueled and to just like not stop until they find her and everyone else knows like this is probably hopeless mm-hmm. like she was probably shot down she's probably dead and like we we're not safe here these silence just found us and how long until they notice that they're missing uh, that their patrol is missing. We have to go. I want to. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is that I um, hadn't thought about as much as maybe I should have the Adama's unrelenting need to find Starbuck being on the tail of uh, last week's episode, where it's it's not just that you know it's not just that they had this really um, sort of contentious. Uh, time where he finds out, like you said, that she's responsible for Zach's death, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, but then they have that, that moment that made me cry like a baby at the end of that last episode. So, like, things are still pretty tenuous, it seems, though, you know, they're obviously in a much better place. Um, but I can't imagine the guilt that he would feel after the events that happened on, was that Bastille Day just last week? Yeah. Uh, last week was uh, Act of Contrition. Oh, right, 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 right. Duh. That was stupid. Um, I just can't imagine the guilt he would feel (laughs) if the last thing he said to her was, walk out of here while you still can, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because we we talked before how Adama puts up this, like, really tough, gruff exterior, uh, but he is very much a a softy. Like, he he takes these things so personally, uh, and I think that that's... A big part of the strength of his relationships with his crew and with the people around him uh, is that he, like, from an exterior perspective, doesn't seem to really let people in, but, like, he does just really develop this strong bond of love and respect for the people that uh, he has closest to him. The thing that, that gets me about this, though, is that, like, you know, he and Lee are both like, no, we do this for any of our pilots, and it's like, the fuck you would? Like, you would have left Hot Dog's ass out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Hot Dog's gone. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you would not have fucking thought twice about leaving Hot Dog's ass out there. Well, and they Chuckles, lost. nope. See ya. <laughs> Chuckles, absolutely not. No. And, I mean, we lost 13, right, pilots? Well, to be fair, they weren't, like, lost in space. They just kind of died in the hangar deck, but still. Right, but, I mean, they, you know, they seem to have moved on pretty quickly from yeah. those 13, so. Nobody talks about Hilo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Not like, one person has point. mentioned Hilo. <laughs> no one's even asked where Hilo is. No one gives a shit. Did we leave Hilo back on Caprica? Did anybody? Oh. Did anyone check for? Has anyone seen Hilo? Has anyone leave? seen Hilo? My family's in oh, Florida no, and I'm on it. Caprica. Oh my god! Oh no! I just like 
I can picture like Hilo of like finally coming back after all of this. Like everyone, I'm back, and like, <laughs> like oh shit, I forgot oh, about hey, you. Hilo. <laughs> hey, what, what, what do you mean you're back? Like I've been on Caprica this whole time. Oh, uh-huh. you Missed didn't you, know I was on holiday. <laughs> no, we totally did. <laughs> the crew is is starting to push back a bit and trying to like talk some sense into. I mean, you know, Gata. Uh, speaks up. Duala kind of uh, is hesitant to uh, encourage this behavior. Ty just flat out says, "Like, do they, like we we can't waste time and resources on this, and like we're leaving the you know the fleet in danger. The longer we spread our, our uh, you know our raptors, I'm sorry, our vipers out, uh, looking for this one pilot. Uh, and of course, there's this really great tense standoff between Lee and Ty." Where Lee's like, you know, you'd love nothing more than to leave her behind. You like, uh, I want to find like his exact words because it just, it's so great. Well, and I, and right before that moment too, there's, um, they're trying to figure out how to get more vipers lo- searching, and mm-hmm. and Lee's like, pull the cap, uh, the combat air patrol, pull the cap, uh, get them, uh, you know, searching too. We'll move the whole fleet closer to the moon. We can scramble them from there if the Cylons come back. And Ty is like, Starbucks, the first one that would tell you not to do that. And I actually agree. I think she would have said, yeah. absolutely the fuck not. Don't do that. Oh, um, I mean, they're behaving totally irrationally, for sure. I yeah. mean, that's not even... I get it. I would die for Starbucks, but... Yeah, like, I'm I'm typically on... Like, when there's a conflict between... Really, between Ty and anybody, I'm usually on team anybody but Ty. Anybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's uh, our first pin. Team anybody but Ty. Even even though you know, as a fellow XO, I understand where he's coming from. <laughs> uh, but like th- this time, I'm on. Like I think Ty's the the one being reasonable here, and uh, Adama straight up fucking relieves him of duty at one point. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Uh, oh, Paula intense. says nothing would make you happier, would it? Leave her behind. Get rid of the foul mouth, insubordinate pilot that keeps challenging your authority. <laughs> You're way out of line, Mister. <laughs> I'm not the one confusing personal feelings with duty. <laughs> he said duty. <laughs> but he's he's so right. That was a really hard thing to like uh, to wrestle with myself. Being like, I mean, I know it's the point of the show and temp, blah blah blah. Like, I understand how that works, but being like, y'all really should probably. I mean, it sucks, but you guys really should be moving forward. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's and especially because they've made hard calls before. They have done mm-hmm. things that you think you you know. I don't know. It's just I, I understand Starbucks an exception, and she should be. But I mean, yeah, it's yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard to have Battlestar Galactica without Starbucks. So mm-hmm. like, I, I get why as a show they won't leave her behind. But yeah, it is kind of like, come on, guys, really? Yeah, and uh, even the president feels the need to kind of step in and uh, talk some sense into them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> which is it's great like she shows up on the cic and well, of course well, uh, adama well th- she she's on her way in a, in a shuttle <laughs> and dwell is like oh the president's shuttle's requesting you know permission to to land and adama's like why wasn't i informed she was coming she's like we didn't know <laughs> like, she, <laughs> like she just showed up she's like uh-uh Listen. we're not doing mm-hmm. this i love like um she shows up and he's like Madam President. She's like, cut the crap. You know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> She's pissed. Yeah. And like, she gives a, a, a pretty good dressing down to both uh, Lee and the commander uh, at one point, I think, like in Adama's quarters. Um, and again, I'm trying to find exactly that because she, like, basically, like, you know, gives them a, a verbal slap in the face and, like, you need to, like, think through what you're doing and the, you know, the, the repercussions here. Yeah. One of the things she asked is like, how much fuel have we expended on this rescue mission? And it's like something like 43% of the entire fleet's reserves. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh yeah. Here we go. Um, almost half. That's unacceptable. And operations in, uh, in the moon's atmosphere have put one third of your fighters out of action. That is completely unacceptable. And, uh, <laughs> crap, unacceptable. <laughs> Whatever it is you feel about this, the recovery of one pilot is a military matter. All right, it's military. 
spine. And you're both officers, and you're both honorable men, and you're both perfectly aware that you are putting 40, uh, the lives of over 45,000 people and the future of this civilization at risk for your personal feelings. Now, if the two of you, of all people, can live with that, then the human race doesn't stand a chance. No. Clear your heads. And she's, she's not wrong. So that last, she's not she wrong. Just, like, clear your heads. Like, get, get your, your shit. shit together. <laughs> exactly. And that's the moment when, like, the two look at each other and, like, fuck, she's right. And essentially have to say, like, we have to call off the search. And they do. Yeah, that is. Oh, that's and rough. And they do. I love the moment. Can we go back to, there's a moment before that when somebody else is, I think it's Ty. Um, and Adama, Papa Adama hasn't said anything yet to, uh, you're not sure whether he's going to relent or not. And I think it's Ty and Lee are going back and forth. And then Ty um, stalks off and Lee turns to his dad and Adama says something like, go find our girl. Yes. Says, oh, God. Yes. Well, then there's this this great moment where uh, Lee and his father are having this little conversation, like right outside the door of the CIC. Mm-hmm. There's Lee something, something effective like, you know, if it was me, would you, would you, would you, like, would we still be looking? And, and Adama, like, almost, like, almost in tears, he's like, you don't even have to ask. If it was you, we'd never leave. Never leave. God. And you can this tell, episode. you can tell, like, he's, he's doing everything he can to not start crying just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it really and affects like, Lee. We, the viewers, have already seen his reaction to thinking he's lost Lee. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Lee doesn't know the, the depths of what that, what that was like for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, you know, he's, he's still questioning the, the solidity of their father-son relationship. And I think, like, yeah, you can see in, in Lee's eyes that does hit him really hard as well. It's another great face-acting moment where it's just... Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode, I think, has so far the most times andrea has cried i got full-on tears on this one i think that's the first that's i i witnessed I it. it i witnessed it i it happened. i crumbled like a wad of paper it was crumpled like a wad of paper like your notes lost in the wind <laughs> oh, <laughs> too soon like, like a oh. podcast in the wind but uh <laughs> we have multiple dreadous contacts we're gonna go ahead and jump to a safer location uh, and while we do that, listen to this message from our sponsors, which, uh, spoiler alert, it's us. It's Night Shift Radio. Jump, jiving, then you ain't gotta. Oh, the jump, I, the I song see, with jump. Okay. I see where we did there, that. Yeah. It's, it's been a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, I want to keep y'all guessing. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so stay tuned. We'll be back, uh, to talk about how Starbuck, uh, handles this on her end and, uh, how this whole episode resolves. So stay tuned. The Storyteller series is a podcast bringing back classic radio theater, featuring engaging storytelling delivered to you monthly. From narrated tales to character-driven stories performed by multiple voice actors, all will bring you on an audible journey. Join us at StorytellerSeriesPodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. So there was one last uh, like side story of this uh, episode that we we mentioned earlier that uh, of course we have to talk about because it is without doubt the most important part, and that's Starbuck on this moon all alone, and what a fucking badass she is! She's Starbuck on the moon. She carries a harpoon. <laughs> You're welcome. So, Starbuck, she's on the moon with her harpoon. Uh, yeah, so we... <laughs> God damn it, you got me. <laughs> so, we, we see a, a scene of, like, the, you know, a close-up of her on, on this moon. It's obviously a very, like, harsh, inhospitable environment. Uh, and all of a sudden, we see her basically being, like, dragged. And it's like, oh, shit, is there, like, a, a creature here? No, she her parachute deployed, and she's being dragged by the, like, like high winds of this planet just off into oblivion it's not good it's a bad situation it's a, it's a very <laughs> it's real bad yeah but uh um, quick thinking she gets out her knife which like is it it's like a hook but with a blade in it kinda i mean it's got to be is this like a like a a camping tool or like a special military issue thing that's meant specifically for cutting rope. I mean, it might be specifically for cutting yourself out of your parachute after you have to ditch out of your Viper onto a moon. Oh, that's huh. entirely possible. I'm you might be right. Doing, doing some searches to see if I can find 
anything that looks at all like this. You know, it's it's like the find. it's like the the Battlestar Galactica version of the like the seatbelt cutter that you keep in your car if you get in an accident <laughs> and you're stuck, like your car's upside down. Caleb, you don't have a car, so I know you have no idea what I'm talking about. But no, Caleb, you don't have a car, but you know what cars are, right? I, you, I'm sorry, you do know what a button is, don't you? <laughs> Not like I'm close. Um. <laughs> oh, I found rope cutters. That is the that is the third subtle uh, IT crowd reference this episode. No, very subtle <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Nobody will know that they were references um, to something. I'm. I'm Vaguely aware of the concept of the seatbelt cutters, and yes, I am aware of the concept of seatbelts. Do you so are familiar with cars? Do you want to hear how deep the, the the IT crowd references go, though? How deep does it go? So this morning, uh, I sent Andrea a YouTube video of Chris O'Dowd, uh, who plays Roy on the IT crowd, and uh, uh. Richard Iowade, who plays Moss, at a uh, at a snow globe shop in Vienna, where where Chris O'Dowd pretends to drop the snow globe, and then. Actually drops the snow globe. <laughs> His scream. The thing is, is Kitsy had already told me about it, so I knew it was coming. But I still he. His scream when he realizes what he's done is so authentic and so. Full. It. It's, it oh, sounds it's, just like you think it does too. Like it sounds just like Roy. It's just. <laughs> it's not even a scream so much as it is a shriek. It's oh, it's so good. And Caleb, then he I'm does sending that. you the video now too, so you can watch it. And our listeners yes, should yes. also watch it. And he does that thing that I love so much, which is how I spend most of my time, which is he's laughing, but at any moment it could be tears. Yeah. He's like, why am I laughing? He doesn't even, oh, God. <laughs> so that was this it's morning that I sent I sent that. I forget why I even, I like, it's the other night when you were over here helping me with the basement that I told you about that moment. Because I, I was doing that really funny bit that nobody's ever done before where I pretended to drop something very expensive. Right, and then I said, right, right. Oh, okay. no, what if I did? Yeah, and then I told you about how Chris O'Dowd actually did it. Yeah. And it was really funny. Yeah. Um, but then, just before we recorded this, I was eating dinner and I was watching uh, Jordan Peele's uh twilight zone twilight series zone. oh my god so good i know and uh what episode came on but the one with chris o'dowd in it which is that season one yeah the blue scorpion the handgun yes oh my god yes yeah so very good yeah in your own twilight zone huh so i'm in my own twilight zone here where apparently it's just chris o'dowd <laughs> all day every day which Ooh, to be honest is fine yeah yeah that's that's not the worst situation I've ever heard of someone being in. Yeah. No, I want... Never mind. We don't need to talk about the other... Any other... I nothing, just, I'm good. I want, a gen, I, want a, I want a gentle Irishman to, to talk to me all day. That's how I feel about <laughs> Kumail, is what I was going to say. He's not a gentle Irishman. But if we're talking about Twilight Zone episodes and we get to pick who Kumail. we're going to spend our time oh, with. Oh, um, Dinesh. The comedian. Yes. I, yes. I only know him as Dinesh. I, I can never mm-hmm. remember his actual name. Kamal Nanjiani. That's the love one. of my life. He's also very good. He's so good. Mm-hmm. This is this has uh, been talking Twilight been, with your hosts. This has been the IT crowd slash Twilight Zone corner. <laughs> this is all gonna get cut from the podcast. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've been using my time well to find a good example of one of these rope cutters to include in the show notes. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad one of us has our shit together for this podcast. You know, I'm, when this happens, when y'all just go off on <laughs> tangents, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let you roll with it. I'm just gonna use this as extra research time. <laughs> That's, I like, like well, that you're... y'all are goofing off. I'm gonna do my homework. Yep. <laughs> so Starbuck manages to, to cut herself free of the uh, of the parachute, but not before like bashing her knee on oh. a rock uh, and. Uh, you know, she's she's laying there and you know, kind of has this moment of like, well, I'm probably fucked mm-hmm. uh, in kind of like, but with you know, some some typical Starbucks bravado. Uh, but she takes out what uh, appears to be like an oxygen sensor, uh, opens it up. It goes to immediately like a, a dark, dark brown or like black color. She's like, yep, no oxygen here. Yep. <laughs> Helmet stays on. <laughs> and so she you know, kind of like wraps up her, her knee with some emergency supplies and it sets off to try to figure out what the fuck do I do next? Uh, but what does she stumble on? A Starbucks. <laughs> yes, she gets herself in a, a nice uh, flat white. <laughs> and that's where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. Surprised you didn't know that. 
no, uh, better, even better than a Starbucks, she stumbles across uh, a... <laughs> What? Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Keep talking. Why were you groaning at me? <laughs> because of what she... Not at you, for once. She uh, finds... Bleh. Do you want to say it? No, I don't. Uh, I'm just reacting to what's about to happen. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot. This was challenging for me. Yeah, no, she finds a Cy- the, the Cylon Raider that took uh, her engine out uh, sitting on the ground. With a big old bullet hole right in the front of it. I love her initial reaction, though, because she sees this radar, 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 uh, and immediately, like, ducks behind a boulder and, like, takes out her sidearm, thinking, like, I'm going to have to fight some Cylons here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then realizes, like, no one's attacking me, no one's around. So she goes to investigate, and that's when she sees the, the, like the uh, bullet hole right next to the, the radar Raider. Why can't I say Raider? The, <laughs> the Cylon Raiders, uh, dinosaur, like the isolate dinosaur DNA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. DNA. Where did you come from? From your blood. <laughs> Mr. DNA is all over this Cylon Raider, uh, because there's uh, what appears to be blood everywhere, uh, coming out of this, uh, this bullet hole. Now here's a good uh, question. Do Cylons have DNA? I would imagine they have to. Uh, and I think we're going to find out why in a moment. Oh, okay. Uh, one thing that, that Starbuck doesn't question is why there's blood or like what appears to be blood all over the, the wound on this ship. Uh, she thinks like, wow, like my shooting was, is even better than I thought it was. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty all, you know, pretty all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she goes, uh, goes poking around trying to find the entry hatch. So, you know, she figures there's a ship here. If there's a ship, I can fly it. Uh, and she opens it up only to find blood. Blood. It's <laughs> it's organic. Made of meat. Yeah. The ship it's, is made of meat. Meat. So here is the first time that we realize that in this show, the Raider is not piloted by Cylons. The Raider is a Cylon. It's meat. And not only is it a Cylon, but it's a like organic machine hybrid Cylon. Which is yeah. even weirder. The exterior is very clearly fashioned after the design of the Centurions. I mean, that's why it basically has the Centurion's face mm-hmm. uh, where the mm-hmm. cockpit would be. But the inside is this mass of like muscle, and there's like a brain that she removed. I was like, you won't be needing this. Luckily, <laughs> I brought my own. <laughs> and then these like tubings that look like partially mechanical and uh, partially organic. And it's like you would like something you would buy at Home Depot, but then like also covered with like it is truly grotesque. It is. It's yeah. It's it's like a, it's like half conduit, half tendon. It's yes. Conduit is what I was thinking of. Yes. That's that is apt. That is a perfect comparison. I, I just was, I am still, it is the most horrific thing I have maybe ever seen in my life. I cannot. Wait, was that meat. the most horrific thing you've ever seen? Or then, no, when she, or then when she climbs up inside it. That's, I mean, I know what the most horrific thing I've seen is, and we haven't quite gotten to that moment yet. I'm sure that we will. Yeah. I'm not a squeamish person in general. That ship being made of meat is just <laughs> a crime. And, now, and that's it's such a crazy uh, revelation because mm-hmm. uh, if you are at all familiar with Battlestar Galactica from the original series, um, like if you've or if you, even if you've just seen like footage from it, like you will have seen uh, Centurions piloting a raider and wow. like sometimes other uh, like a leader or whatever in there with them. So this is like a, you know, a five person flight crew or a two person flight crew. And like, that was just like standard. It would picture it more like when you see the Raptor pilots and their, mm-hmm. uh, ECO or whatever, like Hilo is, uh, it's more like that. Huh. And then like here they flip the script entirely and, and it's, there is no pilot. And it's like that, like that has to do something to, the minds of these uh, soldiers who have been trained to shoot these down, thinking that it's just machines flying another machine. Yeah. Well, yeah, and especially like, because they don't know that most of them don't know that the Cylons look like us now. 
That's right. true. Yeah. yeah, that's still pretty privileged information. Yeah. And so that answers my <clears throat> early, early question, which um, I don't think, I think that I was leading this way anyway for a few reasons. But when I asked if, you know, they bleed and um, Six says a thing about <clears throat> wanting to have a baby. And I asked if like, are have they just become, it's like the, however they are made, syn- like the synthetic stuff that makes them up. Is it so advanced as to be indistinguishable from human meat, or is it in fact human meat? I shouldn't say human meat, but I shouldn't say that ever because that's <laughs> disgusting. But you know, uh, organic, I guess, is a better. Um, and it appears that they are like that's my guess is that they function much like the ships, right? And that they're yeah. So I think Whoa. the centurions are still like fully mechanical. I don't right. think that they are organic at all. Uh, but did I say the... centurions? I'm sorry. I meant the. No, no, you didn't, you oh, didn't okay. say that. I'm just I'm thinking Clarifying. out loud that like I think that that they are still fully mechanical, but the um, the ones that we've come to know as look like us now, uh, <laughs> I think that they would be in almost every way indistinguishable from humans. Yeah. I mean, you look at you know. Uh, Baltar, Baltaring his way through trying to claim that he can find a way to detect them and then realizing that he really can't. Uh, and that shows like how closely uh, like related to and like uh, indistinguishable they are from just what we would consider a quote normal human. Yeah, it's fascinating. It also raises the question then, couldn't they just follow that through line with their ships as well? And then are we eventually... Guys, don't tell me if this happens, okay? I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but no, we are won't. we going to ha- find a giant six flying through space <laughs> so much as to be indistinguishable from... No. That is almost definitely in the fan fiction. No, oh, gi- uh, yeah, yeah. Giant six just voring up the place for sure. Swallowing everybody up. I'm first in line. <laughs> it's just Baltar piloting a giant six. <laughs> Kitsy, would you like to add anything to this? <laughs> oh, so Starbuck uh, crawls up in the Raider, and uh, and uh, her her intention is to figure out how to fly this thing. This her big intentions old, in this, its intestines. This big old meat. <sighs> Ew, gross. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you think they poop? Do they consume? I don't. I don't think that they they do in any kind of uh, traditional sense have a, a digestion <laughs> you, and excretion system. Do you think the human Cylons poop? Yes. They didn't have to do that. They didn't I appreciate have to the do attention that. to detail, though. It's still too early in the series for me to postulate why I think that they do. Okay, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll just just go so far as to say that I think that they do. Yeah. No spoilers, please, about the. Yeah, the, the, the big, no spoilers about Cylon bathroom habits. <laughs> the big scat scene is until season four. So, oh, good God. <laughs> okay, now we're being gross. Let's get back to the point of the show. So, at one point, Starbucks puts what looks like a human umbilical cord in her mouth. Okay, so let's uh, okay, let's stop being to... gross and talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. So she, she says, figures like she says uh, this is to, to, to. I'm talking now. She's <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> she says at one point. What did you just throw at me? Just a like microphone strap. Oh, okay. This <laughs> Velcro. Good old microphone straps. Uh, <laughs> you know, she says it at one point. Uh, you know, you're alive, so you have to breathe. She's so smart. And starts hacking up tubes. What? Just cutting them open. <laughs> <laughs> What's this one do? Slice. Whoops. <laughs> and then finds one that's uh, that's got some uh, some whooshing to it, and pulls out her handy dandy uh, oxygen. Ometer, ox, oxygenometer, oxometer. Yeah, that's the one. And <laughs> it uh, probably is, yeah. And uh, you know, blows the little tube air on it, and it turns green. And she's like, "Okay, I can stick this thing in my mouth and breathe." And she does. <laughs> Sticks that meat tube I mean, right up in there. It's so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. It's real gross, but like, yeah, I guess it, it keeps her alive. And so it's, that's that's one problem solved. It, it does make me wonder, like, so we know roughly how much oxygen she had with her, but we we have no idea how much oxygen the uh, Raiders have. I'm going to uh, guess that the Raiders have some kind of built-in oxygen recirculation system. Like lungs. Well, not, <laughs> not necessarily lungs, but, like, 
something that that keeps the um like keeps the oxygen fresh so that the raiders can be out in space for a long time and not need to resupply with air yeah that's my guess i was just thinking when they're doing the how long because there are two countdowns sort of two hypothetical countdowns happening and one is how much oxygen does um starbuck have left and the other one is how long will it take the cylons to find us Mm -hmm. and they say something about the raiders they have a few days that they can be out searching right um well, I don't think they know at this point how long Raiders can be out, but uh, I know. I think they're just conjecturing like, yeah. how long they would be gone without being noticed. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, they even say uh, like he's never checked in. They, they even say like, uh, you know, how long would it take us to search a whole planet with or a whole uh, system with you know with vipers or whatever? And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Ty says something like, "Oh, it'd take a week or something like that." And and Adama's like, "Assume they're better and faster than us, so days." Yeah. Like, that's where that came from. So I think yeah, it's, no. it's it, you know, I don't think it's the oxygen that's the limiting factor there. Um, but then, uh, but so Starbucks, she's breathing through the tube, which is gross. It's right in her mouth, and it's so gross. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and she says, you know, every every basic flying machine has four controls, power, roll, pitch, and yaw. Where are yours? And just starts, <laughs> uh, starts touching things and moving her feet and her hands around. And at one point hits, uh, hits the trigger for the guns. And there you go Which off. Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious. And, and then, you know, important safety tip, don't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the, the problem of the giant hole that she shot into the, the hole. Oh, yeah, that's and a problem. We don't see how she does it, but we, we see her addressing the fact that that needs to be patched. Well, I think she takes a, a part of her flight suit. And Do we see that? I think we see it from the outside. Huh. We see, like, something push up against the, the hole on the outside, but it looks like part of her flight suit. So I'm assuming she cut off part of her flight suit and stuck it on there. Mm. That's my guess. Okay. I think that's what happens. She puts a, a lot of faith in her ability to repair that, not only to, you know, that it will fly, but also that she can go out into space and not immediately die. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what's the alternative? Stay on the Living planet and just fucking die anyway? Like, <laughs> she's dead no matter what, she just so. Hang out in that shy ship. Of, uh, Shy of having to resort to growing her own food, uh, she basically Mark Watley's this whole problem. She really does. She really does. And uh, uh, but when you think about it, the spacesuit's designed to be in the vacuum of space, like the flight suit is. So the fact mm-hmm. that it's it's holding up on the the hull of the ship, is patching this small bullet hole, it's uh, I, I buy it. I believe it. Can I tell y'all Fair. what my brain did with that scene? Sure. And I Please. swear I'm smarter than this makes me sound. But I thought what happened. <laughs> I thought what happened was we saw her notice that spot, and then we saw her kind of kicking around back there. And I thought she plugged that hole with her foot and was just like, "I'm just gonna stay real still while we fly back and hope that I've made <laughs> hope that I've made an airtight seal." And then I didn't think about it again. So that was that's where I was. So that's not what she did. She didn't just stick her foot in it. She didn't. She didn't little Dutch boy it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, somehow through uh, like trial and error of grabbing, twisting, pulling, and squeezing, uh, squeezing various uh, conduit tendons, uh, she manages to find all the flight controls and realizes like I'm a fucking killer pilot. <laughs> I can fly this thing. How cool. And she does. Yeah, what a rush that must be for a Viper pilot, right? To to fly a meat wagon <laughs> in, the, in the space? No, but to get behind the uh, Raider ship. Get not behind, inside. Well, yeah. She crawled all up in that bitch. Oh, she was just up. <laughs> I did not I like mean, it. The, there is something to be said for like encountering your your enemy's ship and like it's a completely different system, but you know the basics and figure out how to fly it. Like that has to be, uh, like you said, kind of a rush for yeah. a, a Viper pilot in in this situation, or at least one of Starbucks' car- caliber. Yeah, uh, I don't know that very many other uh, Viper pilots, even among the, the best of them, uh, would have been able to do this. No. You she think a hot dog would have crawled ship. up in that thing? I don't think so. <laughs> no, hot dog would be dead. Yeah. I mean, if, I would, If hot dog too. had made it to the, the surface, the, like, he would have been dead before like, he could cut the parachute off. For Sorry, sure. hot dog. We love you, but like... <laughs> we all know it's true. Hot dog. There's a reason you're not uh, billed as a primary cast member. So... Aww. 
Uh, it's true. So Starbucks, so Starbucks flying the Raider and she's heading back towards the fleet. But now she has a new problem because they think she's a Raider because true. she's a Raider. Raider. <laughs> she absolutely is. Um, and Lee, Lee is out there. Lee is, uh, is already out there and, and goes to intercept. Uh, and that's going to get interesting. It's great because she's both uh, fortunate and also in trouble that Lee, uh, possibly the the only uh, pilot in the fleet that comes even close to her ability, uh, is the one that is like available and ready to launch when this Viper's pick, or when this Raider's picked up on Dratus. Because uh, Hot Dog is in the tube, but uh, they had to abort the launch because there was a, a problem with the tube. Uh, and so it's just Lee, and just just Lee and Starbuck, and I don't know, you're. you're Something about a hot dog in the tube, I think, is probably what's making you laugh. I'm just picturing it like the, it's, it's, it's dumber than you think, in fact. I was just the like hot dog guns at a baseball game. That's all. I was just imagining them, but it's just a little, the little hot dog man himself coming flying out of one of those into a stadium full of uh, Raider sized sixes. Watching a <laughs> giant baseball game. It's an episode this. of the Twilight Zone. I hate this fucking podcast. <laughs> you asked There's, me to do this. This, this is my what you idea. Wanted. Why did yep. I do this? <laughs> uh, so, so Starbucks flying the Raider and, uh, you know, is like, now look before you shoot, please. Because, <laughs> you know, that's usually how they do it. Uh, no, Lee starts shooting and she starts uh, evading uh, very skillfully. Much to Lee's surprise, he's like, "Oh, this bastard's good." <laughs> I love that moment. So good. It's just like, "Damn, this, this is good." <laughs> uh, and then she pulls a uh, a pretty sick maneuver and uh, gets in formation with him, and he can't see her for a minute, and is like, uh, "I've I've lost it. I can't find it. I can't find it." And like, oh wait, it's above me, flying in formation with me. Um. And they're all kind of like, what the hell is going on? Uh, and she flips over and she has, uh, I assume, used tape to write Starbuck what it looks on the like. bottom uh. of the Raider. <laughs> She's so good. I thought it was paint, but also, like, where was she getting the paint from? Yeah. Like, it's all very confusing. Like, I could believe that she had, like, a roll of, of like, whatever the... the um, Battlestar Galactica equivalent of duct tape is in her uh, like emergency <laughs> kit, you know. It's probably duct tape. They've got dry erase boards and uh, it's it's phones. duct tape, but the corners are. Uh, are <laughs> it's hexagonal uh, or exactly. no octagonal uh, duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, duct tape. I was trying to get there. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, so Lee realizes it's Starbuck uh, and starts losing his mind. Uh, so good. And uh, Adama makes the call, like, uh, you know, bring it into the bay, and if it tries anything, shoot it. Uh, and they land it in the bay and get Starbuck out. And you, there's, you know, th this was a very light uh, episode for Chief Tyrrell, who's my favorite character in the entire show. Um, huh. And uh, he has a few scenes with Lee when Lee's like, give me some more fracking ships. And the chief's <laughs> like, I only have so many, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you keep breaking them. So, like, maybe don't do that. <laughs> uh, but there's this great moment. Uh, yeah, my, my boy Aaron Douglas, uh, where they're they're winching in the, uh, the Raider. And he's like, now your ass belongs to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is a great, great scene. Uh, and you can just picture, like, the the deck crew being like oh oh we get to we get to figure out how one of these works yeah, now this will be and fun like, to take apart so cool to take it apart and put it oh boy do they have a surprise uh, <laughs> in store for them though because it won't be fun to take apart no. it'll be very gross they're gonna need I a doctor to fix this fucking thing they smelled bad on the outside that was oh. one of it is referenced was... uh, somebody does make a oh was it um well Star yeah, Starbucks so... says it smells bad when she's in it. And then, uh, she says, one of us needs a bath. Mm -hmm. And then when she gets back, uh, Lee makes a comment about how she smells. And she's like, you want to give me a bath? <laughs> oh, so fun. <laughs> and she chuckles as she's carted off to the sick bay. She's so proud of herself for that one. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. I mean, I think she earned it. 
like you don't almost fucking die end up on a desolate moon and then fly back a living hybrid spacecraft and not get to be a little cocky yeah like come on that's the starbucks thing is that she's cocky she's she's arrogant she's got the swagger uh, but then when it comes down to it, she can absolutely back it up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, no one else could have. Like, Colonel Ty couldn't have done that. No. No. Adama couldn't have done that. Lee couldn't have done that. She's just the fucking best. Baltar, she is the Baltar best. would have just cried until he died. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Baltar and I both would have cried ourselves to death in a scenario like that. <laughs> Baltar would have tried to, like, negotiate and swindle the raider. <laughs> He would have done his best to sweet talk the radar ra- raider into just talking, <laughs> taking him home. Now, <laughs> oh, see, see, you keep saying radar, and now I, I have a, a, this picture of like a, a hybrid Cylon raider and radar from Mash. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fanfic I'm going to be writing tonight when we're done maybe, recording this podcast. Maybe in my brain, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just still dwelling on the uh, <laughs> the Baltar flying <laughs> giant six. <laughs> Maybe that's a radar. <laughs> oh my god! We need to end this podcast. I just and oh, I don't. But, I don't mean this episode. We just need to stop doing oh, it. It needs to be done. <laughs> I understand. And well, and then I could binge the whole thing so that you could. I wouldn't be totally heartbroken. Though now I want an episode where they use the meat ship that uh, Starbuck knows how to fly to like infiltrate um the like uh cylon fleet or whatever but i don't know what i gotta think more about it i just think there's something to be done with that ship beyond just figuring it out you know i i will say this is not the last uh we will see of this ship nice what i want to know is if the raiders are conscious and if so does that consciousness jump back into another raider body oh. uh, and somewhere out in the cylon fleet is there a raider that knows uh it oh. almost took down starbuck oh fuck not only that but this crazy bitch got up inside me and cut me up <laughs> <laughs> i mean it does have something like a brain right that's mm-hmm. what she i know we already mm-hmm. talked about it but so there must be well, that doesn't actually, I don't know. It could equate to like the shift's computer. That's but what I was just going to say. I yeah. think we'll find out more about that as time goes on. Dun, dun, dun. Subtle segue. So there we are. Uh, sick bay. Starbucks there, knees wrapped up. Uh, and Adama comes in. They have a moment. It's very sweet. It's heartbreaking. And I totally remembered that it was in this episode. Yeah. You never for once thought it was in the last one. No. It is, I feel like I've said this every week now, it's just, it's a perfectly beautiful moment. It is, like, tender in a way that we know that that Adama can be, though he isn't, you know, the quickest to show that. But it's still restrained because it's the two of them and it wouldn't make sense for them to have, like, a really sort of uh, overly, right, sentimental moment. Um but that little paternal forehead kiss that he gives her. It's so sweet. Oh, oh God. So people love giving Starbuck cigarettes. Well, Baltar gives her a cigar, mm-hmm. but that's the second one she's gotten from some dude on the ship. Yeah, this is a cigar, too, because he pulls out the, like, oh, right. the kind the, of like bullet cigar case. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, he's like, do you need anything? She's like, a stogie, <laughs> stogie would be nice. Of course. And he's like, I had a feeling you would. And, like, pulls one out, like, it's my last one to enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just love, like, he was ready. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he knew. knew like, yeah. And, like, this is such a great moment, like, for, for two people that definitely um, feel deeply but aren't good at expressing it. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them are. This is the perfect moment of them having that reconciliation of that understanding that, like, the past happened, like, it just fucked up, but, like, I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad you came back to us, and, like, we can move forward. You're still family. Oh, God, it's so good. I fully collapsed. I was just completely overwhelmed by what a perfect scene that was. I choked up, too. It was a good one. So good. So, Andrea. So, yeah. 
after yes. this episode. I think we were gonna where where <laughs> I'd love to hear your thoughts on who's a Cylon, who's not. Uh yeah. theories, questions, uh who who do you think is gonna end up in a relationship together? You know, that kind of stuff. So me and Starbuck. Um, oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. For sure. Um, I don't. Th- I haven't added anybody to the list through this episode. The Cylon um, list. The Cylon list. I don't think. Have you removed? Um, have you cleared anyone? anyone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, d- I don't think so. I think I'm still definitely. I still think I'm gonna need to do some more in-show research of how because to me I just have such a feeling that Apollo is a Cylon because of the, and I, we've talked about it before, but the way he shows back up on the ship after, or is down in the whatever after they think his Raptor or whatever has blown up, um, which is a plan that Boomer had tried to execute herself um, in water in that episode. Um, And so I, or in, yeah, in water. Um, and it just seemed like they were setting, like, that didn't need to happen. And the fact that they included that scene has me pretty convinced that it's for a reason. Um, uh, Apollo scene, I mean. And so, and I don't think anything has happened except for the fact that we've seen, we know that um, uh, Adama's, I mean, Lee's his kid. <laughs> so, in theory, he raised him, right? He must have memories of him as a child which works against me but i watch buffy and you can just introduce a character five seasons in um and make it so that everybody thinks they've been there the whole time and i don't know what the silence are capable of yet so i'm not ruling lee out could both of them be silence i mean in theory yeah because that would that would that would fix that how long have these people known sharon and not known that she was a silent yeah that's and a good she didn't even know. Like she yeah. presumably had a, a backstory, like has a, a, a family somewhere and yeah, but we never, grew up somewhere. We never meet her family. We also never see her and the werewolf in the same room. <laughs> That's a very good point. Hmm. <laughs> I am I love a mystery like this. I guess mystery is not quite the right word, but this like sort of research and figuring out by watching. And I wish that or I'm looking forward to getting some more information so I can start uh, fleshing that. Ew, fleshing is the wrong verb <laughs> with this episode, but fleshing that out a little bit more. Um, I, I think that's the perfect word, actually. <laughs> well, I don't feel good about it. Um, well, but so yeah, I think we can for for sure say that the Raider is a Cylon. I think I'm, you know what? I feel safe with that. I'm going to reserve the right to change my mind. But so far, I would say, yes, the meat ship is a Cylon. Um, I am fascinated by the meat ship. That opens up. This is another instance where I want to jump into the library database at my university and see what scholarship is on, what sort of weird post-human scholarship is on. Um those ships, but I can't yet because things will get spoiled. Um, I, I didn't answer your question, but I said a lot of other stuff. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, again for uh, sticking with us through another uh, another journey in the Battlestar Galactic universe. And once again, if you uh, if you like what you're hearing, give us a subscribe so you can uh, keep up with uh, the weekly updates. And also, uh, please don't hesitate to uh, give us a, a rating and a review. Uh, to help other people learn about this audible journey with us. Uh, and all that said, we're going to jump away to our next safe location now that we have the uh, the fleet all back together. And we'll see you next week with the provided jump coordinates. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.